Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. We are days away from the Saints' first preseason game, Saturday, August 13th, at the Houston Texans. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said quarterback Jameis Winston will not be participating in that game, as he had a tweak to his right foot during practice on Monday. Andy Dalton will get the start. On today's episode, I'm bringing in two former Saints to get their perspective on camp and the upcoming season, linebacker Scott Shanley and former wide receiver Terrence Copper. Here's our conversations. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. How are you doing today? Absolutely. I'm glad to be with you. I'm doing great. Great. We are in week three of training camp here with the Saints. There's a lot of different storylines to follow with this team this year. New head coach, lots of new additions to the team. What are some of the things that you're really keyed in on for this upcoming season? Yeah, there, there are so many storylines with this team. And and it always goes with the head coach and the quarterback. And obviously, Dennis Allen getting promoted. A much-deserved promotion. I'm extremely happy for Dennis. And I'm extremely happy or excited to see Jameis Winston step into the, the quarterback role. He looked so good last year and then suffered that injury. But to your point, there are so many other storylines around this team. When you look at the first round picks, uh, Trevor Penning and Chris Olave, outstanding players who I think are going to be really good players in this league. How, how do they develop? Then, you know, the defense is kind of the forgotten group on this team. And the defense has been so good the last couple of years. There's so much attention on those other things, head coach and quarterback, that the defense is just kind of just kind of whispering along and no one's really paying attention to them. But, um, you know, I was there a week ago and saw those guys in person at practice. And I, I find it hard to believe they are not going to be a top five defense in the league. There's so much talent. The defensive line looks fantastic. The secondary, Demario Davis, Pete Warner at linebacker, the linebackers look good. So to me, the defense is kind of like the uh, the forgotten part of this team that they've been so good the last four or five years. And I think that's a good problem to have. I think people just expect the defense to be what it is going to be. And it's going to be really good. It's going to be solid. It's the offense over the past couple of years that's been the wild card. And with the additions on that side of the ball, I think people are hoping that the offense will meet the defense and both sides of the ball will be a lot better. You said you were at camp um, earlier, I guess last mm-hmm. week or so. Yeah. When you come out to camp, what are the, some of the things that you're looking at? How do you evaluate the players? Well, I'll tell you, being a former player and being in the locker room, and you know, I, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jeff Ireland just briefly on the sideline. He's extremely excited about this team, they, and they should be. Those guys in the front office and scouting department have assembled an outstanding group of, of, of talent and guys, and that's where it always starts. You have to have talented players. But after that, you know, I was talking to him, and I said, you know, we had talented players. There's probably more talent on these teams that, that the Saints currently have. But I think what you kind of look for as a, as a player is, I knew that the team we were on, all the guys got along. Every position group would go and hang out with each other at practice. They would joke with each other. And I, I was looking for those types of things at practice, mm-hmm. honestly, because there are so many talented football players. And, yes, you, you try to watch Michael Thomas. He hasn't been out there for a couple of years. How's he looking? Looks really good. You watch the young guys they've drafted. You see Jarvis Landry. You see all this talent everywhere. But then after that, you look at the chemistry part. And I think that's the part for me as a player, knowing the teams we played on that were so successful. We had talented players, but we had the chemistry. Guys re- truly loved being with it, with one another, going to work. It never felt like work. It just felt like we were always having fun. And I saw a lot of that throughout that practice I was at and on the sidelines. And that's a really good sign. And I came away encouraged after seeing that. 
And talking to some of the national media, they said that something that's always stood out about Saints training camp is they maximize their time. There's no standing around. Everybody's working the entire time. You've been around other camps and other teams. What stands out to you about the way the Saints operate? It, it, everything is just so efficient. Guys are practicing with a purpose. And I think in some franchises and some organizations in pro sports, we used to call it the pro glide. You just go out there, you jog through plays, and everybody's, oh, I'm a pro athlete. I got it. I'll handle it on Sunday. <laughs> and the Saints, as long as I've been there and known, that is not how practices operate. It is 100 miles an hour. It is, as long as we're out on the field, we are preparing to win a championship and practicing with a purpose. And I saw that exact same thing. And and fortunately, you know, I was there, I was able to talk to guys who I play with. And I said, guys, it felt like, it felt like 2006 through 2012 and 13. It was that type of pace, that type of intensity. And so that has not dropped off at all. That, that felt like exactly the same as always, it's always been. And you're right. There's, there's an urgency there out there to work and to get something done. And, and I kind of laughed because I had my two boys there at practice and practice went by so fast that I hardly got to watch much of practice because I was talking with everybody and, the, and my boys were like, dad, practice is almost over. You haven't shut up yet. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to see all the former players come back and take in practice, talk to some of the players here. How do you guys share your knowledge with the current team? Well, first of all, it, it's a great group of guys. And anytime I've been around, you know, fortunately, for me being an analyst and covering the team, I've been able to do that in that role, watch all the draft picks, see all the free agents. And then I think for us, there's a lot of guys who kind of, you know, we spread out throughout the country when we're done retired. Very rarely, you know, do we all get back in New Orleans, get to a game at the same time. But for me, a couple of years ago for that Super Bowl reunion, when the entire team was there and we got to go to a practice and we got to go and we talked to the guys in the locker room. And it was a chance for even me being around the team going to a guy like Demario Davis and saying, Hey, I, I appreciate the way you play. I appreciate everything you do on and off the field, what you mean to the community. And I think it's important for guys who have been there. Some of those guys maybe, maybe don't even know who we are. They just know we were part of a Super Bowl winning team there. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to give back to them and let them know just, just what they mean to the, to new Orleans, to the region. And we went through it. We were all not, not young and naive in 2006. We had no idea what we did on Sundays, how much it meant to that city I think it's important for us to share that with those guys. Definitely. Speaking of Demario Davis and that linebacking core, obviously you're very familiar with that position. And I know that Davis is somebody that stands out for everybody, but after him, what do you think of the depth of this position? They brought in a couple other guys on workouts. They've added Chase Hansen. So how do you think that that position is going to change over the next couple of weeks? Well, yeah, that position has changed just from dynamically what it means on Sundays. It used to be if you were a 4-3 defense, those three linebackers played a bunch. If you were a 3-4 defense, those four linebackers played a bunch. And really the way the game of football is now, it's really a nickel nickel league where Chauncey, Gardner-Johnson, he's really that extra linebacker. It's really a two-linebacker system. And that's throughout football because of so much passing. And when you look at it, I think the Saints have done a good job of accumulating talent there. Chase coming back, he's familiar with the organization. As long as you have 56 on the field, you you can, you can, he's the eraser. He erases a lot of problems that you have. He can cover, he can blitz, he can tackle. There's not really a weakness to a game. I'm excited about seeing Peter Warner. I think Pete mm-hmm. Warner has a chance to be a really good player. Um, you know, any time last year that his reps improved and they called upon him to make plays and to step up, he did it. And I, I think he's gonna be a really good player in this league. Still very young. 
the most growth he's going to have is from year one to two and then year two to three. So I think there's tremendous upside for him. Zach Bond's been in the organization for a long time. Ellis, I think there's a lot of guys that you can really rely on to put on the field, no matter what the situation is. A lot of those players have been utilized on special teams. Caden Ellis, Andrew Dowell, Zach Bond. Why do you think that that is an area that they all excel so well at? I just think they're gritty players. They're, they're, they play hard. Andrew Dahl was a, a player I was familiar with. I worked with him before the draft and, and got to see him for a couple off seasons up close and watch the way he worked and the way he trained. And he, he there's just certain guys you know are going to be good pros by the way they, uh, they attack practice and they go to the meeting room and the questions they ask. And I think going back to the Saints scouting department organization, they've done a good job of identifying guys that if they're not going to be one of those two linebackers starting a bunch of plays, they're good with being core special teams players. They, they embrace that role. And there's not a lot of guys that really embrace that role anymore. Everybody wants to be a starter. And I'm sure those guys ultimate goal is to be a starter, but while they're waiting for that opportunity, they're, they're contributing a lot to this football team on Sundays on special teams. How important is special teams, especially with the games these days? I feel like they're just so close any game is a couple points and that's what decides it. And we saw last year how big special teams played a role in, in not having a yeah. kicker like Will Lutz. And I think that it's an area where you can be a game changer and it's just so kind of about the mentality that you have. There's no question about it, especially like you said, in the NFL where everybody on Sundays has talent, mm -hmm. it, it really takes all three phases of the game to win high school football, college football, you can, you can outscore people. You can go out there with offenses and go up and down the field. In the NFL, everybody has talent. Everybody has speed. And so the third element of the game that isn't the most glamorous and people kind of gloss over is special teams. And it's not just do you have a good field goal kicker, do you have a good punter. It's do you have good cover units, do you have good punt returner and kick returner. Those are called hidden yards where if you're getting 10 more yards on a punt return or kick return, it's one less first down your offense has to get. So you know, I – Growing up in the NFL and playing for Bill Parcells and Sean Payton, I heard the term hidden yardage at nauseum, like hidden yardage, hidden yardage. And 100 yards of hidden yardage is equal to seven points, they would always say. So you can't underestimate how important special teams is to winning a championship. And it really it truly does take all three phases every Sunday to win games in the NFL. Earlier this past week, we had a little dust up with Trevor Penny and one of the, the rookies here on the offensive mm -hmm. line. When you look at a player, would you rather them be a little more aggressive than have to try to ramp them up? Oh, absolutely. I, I think as a coach, you will take he, you will take a guy that you have to tone down a little bit than ramp up because there's no question he plays with an edge. And you always hear that going into the draft or free agency. Mm -hmm. Does he play with a chip on his shoulder? Does he have an edge? And if there's any position you want that at, there's a chip or an edge, it's in the offensive line. It's in the trenches. It's where you have to, as a man, move another grown man against his will. And so I think that's what attracted the Saints to Trevor in the draft was obviously he's got great size, great athleticism for his size. There's not a whole lot of people walking around the planet that can look and move like him and block elite pass rushers. But then on top of it, the icing on the cake or icing on the cake is he plays with that edge that so many organizations are looking for. It was it was fun to watch him. He's definitely aggressive. Cam Jordan called him a mauler and he doesn't like to say anything good about offensive linemen so he was dancing around it because he didn't want to give any compliments to Penny yeah. but did say that he thought Penny uh, was doing really well as a rookie so it's good to see that across the board on the defensive side a lot of players have talked about 
how talented they think that this specific group of guys is and quite possibly the most talented defensive players that they've been around uh, as a part of the Saints organization. How do you think that this team could stack up? I definitely think they're in that conversation. And I, I felt really the past couple of years, it's some of the most talented individuals they've had on the field. And I think this offseason, adding Tyron in the backfield and Marcus May at safety, they've they've added even more athleticism than they had the last couple of years. It it all comes down to how well did those guys play together? What's that chemistry like? Do they trust one another? Do they love being around each other? Because when it gets into the third and fourth quarter and you get tired and you have bumps and bruises, are you willing to play hard for one another? And I think that's where it really comes down to. But talent-wise and on paper, I think you could make that argument that, you know, I will go back to 2006, that, that this this group, it's hard to find weaknesses. I mean, you talk about Chauncey playing nickel in the slot. He, he's as good as there is in the league. The, the defensive line, my boys, when they went and watched the defensive line drills and they looked up and they're like, Dad, they're like all trees. They're 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> and, and, and the Saints scout said, you think we have a certain body type? And I said, that is a good-looking group. So I think the Saints D-line is as good as there is in the NFL. You have DeMario in the middle. I, it's just – it's hard to find a weakness. A Debo and, and Marshawn on the outside, there's really not a whole lot of weaknesses to this defense. Paulson Adebo has stood out over camp. He had such a, re- a great rookie campaign. What do you think his ceiling is? How much better can he be this year? Oh, I, I think he can be an outstanding player. You know, you go back to the way he played early in his rookie season, making plays, mm-hmm. making plays on the football. And the, and the one thing about Paulson is he's going to get a lot of targets because the guy playing opposite him is really good. And everybody right. around the league knows about Marshawn Lattimore. So they're thinking, Let's try the young guy. He's going to get plenty of opportunities to make plays, but I think he he will rise to the challenge because he's capable of doing He's got great size, great length. He can match up with big receivers. I think he's quick enough to match up with the smaller receivers. You don't find that combination of size and, and ability to change direction like he has. So I think he can become a premier corner in the league as well. We've seen a lot out of Lante Taylor as well. He's really fast. He looks like he's picking things up pretty quickly. Uh, I know he's not going to get, you know, starting reps or anything like that, considering the mm-hmm. other people ahead of him. But do you think that his role here is going to continue to expand, maybe be used in a couple different ways? Oh, absolutely. And he's another guy with tremendous, tremendous range. He can run. He's got great size. Mm-hmm. And just like I talked about the D lineman, you think the Saints have a certain body type. They have a certain body type at DB as well. They, they're big guys who can cover the big receivers, but are fast enough to run with the small receivers. And you can never have too many DBs in today's in today's football, in today's NFL, where the ball is going to be thrown a minimum 40 times a game. You may have to run on dime package, which means you have four corners on the field covering. So you can never have too many guys who can cover. And I always point back to the the year we were fortunate enough to go all the way and win a Super Bowl. It was the year our secondary probably played the best. And we asked a lot of them. We said, we're going to play a ton of man-to-man. We're going to blitz. But we trust that you guys can cover in the back end. And I think that's what they've accumulated with the guys in this secondary. And I think he just adds to that group as well. When, when his time comes upon, I think he'll make plays. I think a lot of the players have that ability to be versatile in that role and they can move from, from different sides to different positions. They can be in the Mm -hmm. box or they can be back. So it's good to see that everybody's kind of happy in whatever place Mm -hmm. they need to be for the team. Looking forward to this first preseason game on Saturday as an analyst, as somebody who knows the game really well, what should fans be looking for when they're looking to see some of these, you know, fringe players out here getting their reps? Yeah, I think you 
the preseason, I always get asked a question. Do you think the preseason needs to happen? Do you think the preseason meaningless? And I, I think the preseason should happen. And I absolutely do not think it's meaningless because you only get 53 spots on a roster. You don't even get to dress that many guys on game day. You are trying to find out how good, maybe a lot of these guys who play on Saturday in the first preseason game are backups. You never know when those people are going to play. You need to build depth on a football team. So for me, there's plenty to watch. Even if the, the main guys, the superstars aren't out there, there's rookies you're watching to see just how fast they've grasped things throughout training camp. You're looking at maybe four or five, six-year free, year free agents who the, who the Saints have signed to one-year deals for depth. How can they come in and fill in a role? So to me, the preseason, any, any year the Saints have had depth and had a really good job of building depth on their team, they've had a chance to win some games. So I think the first preseason game especially, you'll be looking to see if this team has depth. How do things change for a player? You know, obviously you come in, maybe you're one of the guys hoping to make a team. You know, how hard is it from week to week to to stay in it, to compete, not knowing where you're going to end up? It's it's hard. It really is, especially if you're a young player or an older player who, like I said, is on a one-year deal. you got to probably beat somebody out because your contract's a little bit different than maybe a guy on his first two- or three-year deal. So there, there's a lot of stress. It is a stressful business. You go into camp and you know they're probably going to keep – they they're can keep 53. So if you're in a linebacker room, they're going to keep six. Maybe if it's a 3-4 defense, seven. There's always a numbers game. But the, the, the thing that draws, I think, guys to football is the competitiveness of the game. And that's part of them, their competitive nature, where you're going to strive, you're going to push to win a job. But at the same time, going back to the preseason games and why they're not meaningless – not everybody's going to be able to make the New Orleans Saints, but somebody might be watching that game film and say, that guy's better than what we have. And so you're always interviewing. And I think that's the one cool thing about the NFL is it's a big fraternity. Everybody's watching everybody. And if you can't make it with the New Orleans Saints, you're always updating your resume and putting it on film. And I think that's what keeps guys motivated to no matter what, go out and play their hardest because you never know who's watching. Definitely. Is it too early to ask you for a prediction for this season? What do you think this team's going to do? Uh, no, it's not too early. I think I'm still, I'm going to be honest. I'm still messed up by the 17 game season. I always want to do <laughs> 16 game season predictions, but I really think, I think this team's going to win the NFC South. First of all, I know Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady came back and they're talented, but I don't think that they're as talented as this New Orleans Saints team. I think the Saints are going to win the NFC South. I'm going to go, I've gone back and forth between 11 and five or 11 and six and 12 and five. I'm going to go 12 and five. And a lot of it, it depends on health, but mm -hmm. I think this team is just way too talented. I think they're way better in Carolina. Atlanta's rebuilding, and this team has owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm going to go NFC South champions in 12 and 5. I like that. I think that's <laughs> the best record that I've heard when I've asked this question so far. So I, I will take that, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to talk to me a little bit ahead of these preseason games. And it's always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Terrence, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's always great to have a former Saint on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I was looking forward to it. Looking back on your time with the Saints, what are some of the memories that stand out to you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the city, the people. That is the biggest thing. The people of New Orleans. Uh, of course, playing playing in the dome, coming back after Katrina, 
but man, just overall, the people of New Orleans is is not really, they're not really fans. They're more like family. They treat you like family. So that that is the biggest thing I miss, the people and, and of course, playing, playing in the Dome. Yeah, the atmosphere, the energy, it's unlike anything else. And I know everyone's really excited about this upcoming season, getting back into the Dome. It's going to look a little different for the Saints with new head coach Dennis Allen, kind of a new look offense with some new additions. Hopefully Jameis Winston back on the field soon as the starting quarterback, but kind of taking a look at the team, what are your initial thoughts on this season and what the Saints could do? Oh my goodness. I think this year could be the year. I hate the jinxes, but I really think we will make I really think we'll make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh we have everything we need. Last year we had the defense. Offensively, we just didn't have the weapons. And we had a ton of injuries last year. This year, we have the weapons. Uh, we have a quarterback. Defensively, we've gotten better. I feel like I feel like this is our year. This is the year. Defensively, the team has been pretty strong for a while. Who are some of the players that stand out to you on that side of the ball? Uh, you know, you got to have Davis, uh, middle linebacker. He's he's the the centerpiece. Uh, then you got the honey badger. Uh, those two guys, you know, alone are, are great leaders. And I think those guys, especially bringing in the Honey Badger, mm-hmm. uh, that's from New Orleans, that wanted to come and play for New Orleans, uh, just his leadership and the things he's done other places, that leadership is going to be huge for the team this year. On the offensive side, there's been a couple of new additions. Michael Thomas getting back on the field this year. Looks like he has almost back to his usual self. He's been making some great catches here in training camp. What do you think this offense can do in terms of where they were at last year and how much better they can be this year? Um, It's going to be night and day. Last year, we had weapons. That's not taking anything from the receivers we had last year, but they're nothing like the receivers we have this year. Uh, Even when you put uh, Landry in the mix, he's the veteran of the receiving core, but he brings that leadership. Uh, he's the guy that can help along these younger receivers that's coming in. Then you have you get Thomas back. Uh, these guys are guys that are – Thomas is a real possession receiver where he can get you those tough catches, mm-hmm. uh, those tough uh, – Landry can run kind of every route. Uh, we have the rookie that we just drafted this year can do everything. Uh, he's a deep threat for us, and, and everybody knows Jameis is a deep threat guy. Like, he can throw the deep ball. And that's what we was missing last year. And and to have guys like that, that can kind of open the field up and all of them can kind of run different routes and run a lot of different routes. So they complement each other. They complement each other very well. You are somebody that caught passes from quarterback Drew Brees with his time very, very long and very mm-hmm. productive with the Saints. How different is it for you to watch the Saints now? You know, it's, it's different because, you know, you used to seeing Drew Brees back there, but last year kind of gave you a little a little warm-up to see that, you know, we had set to him. And honestly, before Winston got hurt last year, to me personally, he was on to a Pro Bowl-type season before he got injured. You know, so seeing that we have a quarterback that's able to step in and continue to push the team forward, I think we'll be fine. But it is different without seeing Drew and also without seeing Coach Payton. There's always a battle between the offense and the defense. I think here the defense really prides themselves on, you know, carrying the team. How much mm-hmm. pride do you take as an offensive player? Or did you take on how you guys did on your side of the ball? 
you know, you always take pride in it. If everybody's taking pride in what they do, whether that's defensively, whether that's special teams, whether that's offensively, if everybody takes pride in what they're doing, their phase of the game, and everybody feel like we can win the game with our phase of the game, that's what makes a great team. Everybody's holding each other accountable. Everybody's for the same thing. You know, so everything just works out perfect. With these, we've had three weeks of training camp. We're wrap, almost wrapping up the third week here before the first preseason game. Kind of looking back on your time playing, how did you approach the preseason and training camp, and what were you trying to get out of it? Ah, man, shucks. When I was approaching, I'm just trying to go out there and put my best foot forward because you're still trying to make the team. Mm -hmm. You know, during, there's, I mean, there's, there's no position that's just guys are just solid, solid on the team. So, you're out there trying to compete for your job and you're out there just trying to show that you have what it takes to make this team. And also, but you're also interviewing for other teams as well. If you don't make the, the roster that you want now. So you, you go into those preseason games and you go, you take them serious, whether, especially if you're not a starter, you got to take them serious because that is your way of showing the coaches. I'm not just a practice guy. If you're having a good practice, now you can translate that over to the actual game as well. And also you interviewing for the other teams as well. Coach Allen talked earlier today about the difference between seeing somebody do well in practice versus actually seeing them do it in a game. How much different is it or how much more weight should you put on performance in a game versus practice at this point? I think I think both of them weigh very heavy because if you're if you're in practice and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you out there making plays. But when the game time come, you know, when the lights come on, you're a different player. So you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the practice guy. But also, you don't want to be a guy that, that can't perform in practice. But when you get to the game, you perform, even though the game is when it really counts. But you're never going to make it to the game if you're having bad practices. So it, it kind of go hand in hand. So you, you just got to be consistently, whether it's in practice and the games, you want to be consistent as possible. When you watch preseason games or just games in general, how do you evaluate how a player is doing? You know what? And this may sound crazy. I don't really watch preseason games like that anymore. I stop watching and I'll tell you why. Uh, because preseason to me, there is, of course, if you're looking at a certain player to see mm -hmm. how they're, but it doesn't really show what the overall team is going to be once the season starts. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. Uh, remember the year that the Detroit Lions went 0-16? Mm -hmm. Well, they went 4-0 in the preseason that year. You know, so that kind of shows you that it, it really doesn't tell you how good or how bad a team will be in the preseason. Because, for one, uh, we don't game plan in the preseason. So none of the coaches are going to game plan anybody they're playing in the preseason. We're just going to call plays and we're just going to see what we can do. Uh, but we're not game planning any teams. You know, so you when you take that aspect out of it and game plan is a huge part of being successful. So when you're not game planning teams and you're just going out there playing and just to see what you have and see what the see if the guys go out there and make plays, to me I think is I think it's a, a the right thing to do. But me as being a former player and I know these things, I don't really put a lot of staple on preseason games of where a team is going to take it. Just watching preseason. So you're saying I shouldn't go out here at training camp and judge pe people based on routes on air? No, not at all. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> there's been a lot of fun battles, though, between some of the players when they do go one v one and the seven on seven. And it's all part of ramping up to 
what we're going to see on Saturday. And then eventually once the season comes, when you look at the start of the season for the Saints, they open with two division opponents. How important is it for the Saints to be ready, you know, at jump, like as soon as the season starts? Shucks, open it up with two division opponents. You could easily fall in the hole if you lose one of those two or even lose both of them. But if you come out the blocks and you get two wins out of those two division opponents, that right there can put you on top of the division. And then everybody else is just it's uphill battle for everybody else. But it also can put you in a hole. So we have to be ready. Uh, and I think we will be. I think we will be. They're working hard. Uh, we got a, a great coaching staff, uh, even with the change of Coach Payton. But with Coach Allen, he's been on the roster. He's been on the team. He's been a head coach before. Uh, you got a Pete that's, that can run the offense. So, you know, we're going to be fine. I think that we just got to come out there and put our best foot forward and everybody stick to the game plan and execute. How much do you get out to any Saints games or how much do you talk to any of your former teammates? Uh, so I haven't been to a game in a while, but I'll definitely be making some this year. Uh, me and Lance Moore, we talk all the time. Uh, so, you know, that's one person that we're really consistent when it comes to talking, checking up on each other mm -hmm. and as well as guys as well. So I'm staying pretty close to what we're doing. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you've been doing, how you're kind of staying with the game a little bit, even though you're not playing anymore? So I own a sports academy in Winterville, North Carolina, where we train uh, for the NFL Combine. We also train for speed and agility strength training. We do football training, skill-specific training. Uh, we also have for basketball as well, basketball-specific uh, training. We have after-school programs, summer programs. Uh, we do seven-on-seven -seven AAU basketball league. So we kind of do a lot when it comes to uh, my, my Premier Sports Academy located in Winterville. I also do the pregame and postgame show for East Carolina University here in Greenville. And we also have a, uh, a podcast for East Carolina. It's called the War Room Podcast and ECU Podcast. And we do a podcast for the Saints called Believe in Saints as well. All right. So you're down there scouting new talent for the Saints in a few years, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the time so much. It's great catching up with you. And if you're out at a game, let us know. We'll see you then. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to both for joining me today. You can find this podcast on NewOrleansSaints.com, iTunes, and now Spotify. Friday, we'll bring in John DeShazer and Todd Graffinini for their thoughts on the first three weeks of training camp and our upcoming game against the Texans. Thanks for joining me. Talk to you again soon.